On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Blackula from 1972, starring William Marshall. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 69. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your Dark Avenging co-hoster, Colin. Blur! Today we are here to discuss the 1972 film Blackula. Cullen, sink your teeth into the plot. An ancient African prince turned into a vampire by Dracula finds himself in modern-day Los Angeles. Blackula is directed by William Crane and stars William Marshall, Bonetta McGee, Denise Nicholas, Thalmas Rasulala, Alicia Cook Jr., and Gordon Pinsett. So welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. And uh, we're in that vampire mood again. As we did Dracula, the 3000, was that was? Yes, it was Dracula 3000, which I don't even remember if it took place in the year 3000 or if the ship had 3000 in the name. It was just a name that was given to it. Yeah, and we're, we're going to go back and see if William Marshall can out Dracula Coolio, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> a tall bar to clear, but somehow he'll have to do it. And he's not in space, he's in the year 1972. So yeah, we're here with Blackula, one of the black exploitation movies, the one that kind of launched it into horror at the time. In 1972, we were coming off of uh, Shaft, and we had coffee was about to explode. There were another extension of the exploitation films there were so many different ones you had you know the horror films you had the giallo films you had the sex exploitation films the women in prison films you had all these things and then they decided to you know make a black casted horror movies i guess was a, a thing that people did then well this is the first on-screen appearance of a black vampire Mm -hmm. and it's also uh, one of the earliest examples of a mainstream film where the black lead character is dignified and sympathetic there's a, a lot of that happening on set where you know the directors really listened to William Marshall's direction they wanted to take. And at the beginning of this film, they will call him Blackula. That's the last of it because Dracula gives him that, but they will call him Mama Walde, which it was supposed to be like, like Andrew Brown was supposed to be his name originally in this film. But Marshall's like, can I have some dignity and I have this crazy thing and, and while like the black exploitation movies relished in a lot of this he wanted it to be dignified he didn't want it to be as exploitative as it was you know it was going to be that way but he wanted to, to have some dignity with it he, he definitely carries a lot of dignity with him that's why he was the king of cartoons later in Pee Wee's playhouse 
Yes, from he, se- season two on, he, he, yes. he they, when they ditched the Dixie the cab driver, it became just William Marshall. So yeah, so he carried that dignity along with a film strip of cartoons. You know who else has some dignity, Colin? Tom Labrie. One of the biggest comments about the show is my accent, but I want you to meet somebody that has a bigger accent than mine, and that's a very good friend of mine from New Hampshire, my dad, Bill. Dad, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. It's really nice having you out here in California with me. It's a pleasure being here. I know that you're retired now, but I know you never stop either. No, I've got a couple of hobbies. I manage a racehorse farm. And then another thing I enjoy doing is training my Dobermans. Uh Uh-huh. And I really enjoy that. As a matter of fact, I have one at home now that's fully trained. Uh Uh-huh. And you haven't seen her since she was a little pup. No, it was just a little thing when I was back home. When you come back east, you'll see her. She's fully trained. She's a guard dog, obedience trained, and a a lot of company. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here with me, Dad. It's been a pleasure. And now, let's get back to the movie. Blackula wasn't the only vampire movie in 1972. We actually had Dracula A.D. 1972, which was the Hammer Dracula, where they took Christopher Lee and plucked him from the old times and and put him into present day and brought Peter Cushing back in the Van Helsing role at the same time as Blackula. To me, that's one of the very, very lesser of that series. And then we have Blackula, which is an exciting new turn and put in the modern times, which... This one does start on a dark and stormy night in Transylvania in 1780 at the house of Count Dracula, and he's having Mamuwalde and Luva over to dinner. That's Blackula, but he's not... He's pre-Blackula. They want to bring their ancient culture to Transylvania. They also are there to cease the slave trade, to which Dracula scoffs as he thinks it has merit. So, Dracula, KKK supporter? Dracula? (laughs) I guess, yeah. Turns out that Dracula is super racist. Uh, That's a surprise to me. I I believe that's the first time that I've seen that. He may come across that, but he isn't afraid of drinking a black person's blood, so... No, he's not. You think that all human beings would just be lesser to him, what with him having the ability to seemingly live forever. All people should just be cattle to him. I don't understand why, when it comes down to race, it's like, oh well, sure. I mean, we we can slaves are fine. And it's not like we saw any slaves around his house during this time at all. Like the only other occupants of the house we'll see are his brides. And they show up as vampires just like, oh, wait, yeah. he did have those guards, but they didn't look like slaves to me. Yeah. I don't know if they were paid or not. I don't know. Or every vampire, or nearly every vampire, becomes a vampire against their will. Right. I love that Dr- Dracula isn't enough of a monster. They also have to make him racially intolerant. Right. Well, it was, it was kind of part of the fun with the black exploitation films is the the white guy is always, you know, there's all, there's... <laughs> An evil racist vibe to well, yeah. the head guy of any evil. Any white person in a black exploitation film, if they're not identified as a racist within the first like three minutes of screen time, then they're probably not a racist. The rest of the movie. they're not. They're, they're either not a racist or they're they haven't. They're not accustomed to being around someone that's another race. So it's like, what, what do you call this music? <laughs> oh. So so they're either racist or just really square. 
Dracula seems more interested in Luva, Mama Waldi's wife, and he gets upset and accuses Dracula of behaving like an animal. Because he wants to buy his wife right in front of him? Why, why would right. she be upset? Indecent proposal, 1780. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, him and his wife, Luva, go to leave, which Dracula has them apprehended by his guards, and Mama Waldi gives up a fight, but is eventually taken by three of them and knocked out as Luva screams and Dracula brings his brides to the room to take Luva. Dracula, with a tear rolling down his face. Of um, blood, which I, I, I... Was it blood? It looked like... No, that was blood. He had it looked bl- clear to me on his face. Well, ev- okay. Eventually, it got more clear. That's just because it got diluted as it ran down his face, but... okay. At first, there's just blood coming out of his eye, which, why is there blood coming out of Dracula's eyes? With Mama Walde, he has him in a coffin, and then he places a curse of suffering upon Mama Walde. You shall pay, Black Prince. I shall place a curse of suffering on you that will doom you to a living hell. A hunger, a wild, gnawing... Animal hunger will grow in you. A hunger for human blood. Here you will starve for an eternity, torn by an unquenchable lust. I curse you with my name. You shall be Blackula Vampire, like myself, a living fiend. Which I thought his name was Dracula. So if you're cursing him with your own name, is is Dra your first name? And then Kula is... He doesn't want people to get confused. Or, that, that's why. Because he had you know, DR, I guess, is the only... Well, it, so it, is it like a Sith thing where you're like Darth this, and then with Acula, you put two letters together and you're that? So you could be like Abacula or... <laughs> Chacula, or you know, you yeah. just put two. You know, is that what? Is that how you make your 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 Dracula name? Well, I'm just glad he was called Blackula. One because of a title drop, and two because it could have been so much worse. Because we know how racist Dracula is. So right? Yeah. Just him calling him black, like good enough. That is good enough. I I can only imagine. So yeah, I agree. Closes the coffin and tells Luva that she will have to live to see him suffer until her death in the vault where the coffin is. And then we get some credits with some rhythm and blues and uh, animation to go with it. And the music in this opening credits and many times in this movie tells me the last thing I should expect in this movie is Dracula to appear. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, it, it doesn't sound spooky at all. No. It's, it's, it, it sounds like first draft music for a Jim Brown film. If you were doing like a Dracula Superfly crossover, yes, yes, like a push push a man Dracula on the streets, this is perfect. I'll, t- I'll take that. Willie Dynamite meets Dracula. Sure, that adds up, but this no. Uh, we're in a present day Transylvania, which present day being 1972. And after finding the secret vault, a gay couple who do interior design, their name are Bobby and Billy, are trying to purchase the coffin as a part of an estate sale that they're doing. They, they kind of laugh off this old geezer that's telling them the legend of Dracula. And they, they find it all to be silly. So they have the coffin stuff shipped to Los Angeles in their warehouse. And they decide to open the coffin when they get there. They didn't check <laughs> yeah. it when they bought it. How stupid are these guys? 
I would have been like, hey, maybe there's some jewels or something in here. <laughs> we might want to we might want to grab it before we give it to strangers on a boat to take overseas that someone could steal something out of it. I would want to check. Well, sure. Not only that, but the guy selling them all this stuff is convinced that Dracula is real. That's supposed to be his castle. Like, have you dickheads never watched a horror movie before? They know what Dracula is. So, I don't know. Take 10 minutes. Just open up the stuff. For all they know, there could be nothing but dirt inside the caskets. That way, you know, dump the dirt out so it's lighter to move, you idiots. Billy tries to pry open a, a different crate, and he cuts himself on his crowbar and is bleeding. And then as Bobby goes to help him, and Black Eula then opens the coffin as they are bandaging him up. He approaches and he knocks Bobby away and sucks the blood from Billy's wrist. And Bobby tries to hit him with a two-by-four, but it does nothing. Mama Walde backhands him and sucks his blood, too. Do you think the guy that plays Bobby in this movie was hired because he looks like Black Richard Simmons? And then maybe they'd have a spinoff uh, called Blitchard Simmons? Bleeding to the oldies? <laughs> Sure. Mm-hmm. American International missed a real opportunity here. Blackula surveys the room. He puts on a nice fancy cape and then goes right back in the coffin laughing as he closes it. He's like, I'm back. <laughs> but he's tired after laying in the coffin for hundreds of years. He, he stretched his legs like, ah, that's enough. He might have sensed daylight. <laughs> I Perhaps. He's real lucky that his muscles didn't atrophy. I know he's, he's like, a mortal, well- but come on. He's like, well, I'm full. I'm going to go take a rest. (laughs) I've been starving for hundreds of years, but ah, that's enough. And we now cut to Bobby in a casket as Mama Walde watches behind a curtain, and he begins to move in on the coffin. And then a man comes in to show Bobby's friends the room for the viewing, and they notice his hand is out. The guy's like, ah, it's a reflex. (laughs) One of the people is... Tina, who is the same actress who played Luva, which catches the eye of Mama Walde, and the other is Dr. Gordon Thomas, who is investigating the death, and the coroner mentions that it's, uh, he had a rat bite on his neck, and they had to cover him up with movie magic makeup, apparently, <laughs> and he, he decided not to embalm the body. All these facts that he's just saying about uh, the body, if I was the family and I ever heard this, like, you're fired. We're going somewhere else. You didn't do any of your job. Gordon mentions the color of his skin being pale and loss of blood from the veins and such, and he asks about the associate that the guy had. Uh, Associate, come on, we know. Everybody knew. I mean, come on. Since the guy's white, he doesn't usually do the funeral viewings for white people, so that guy's not there. And then Gordon leaves, and the guy goes, Thank you for your help. I'm glad to be of service, doctor. Anytime you need my help, please don't hesitate to ask. I'm at your service, doctor. Uh, That's my job. That is the rudest nigga I've ever seen in my life. This whole scene, I was like, wait, are are these people friends of Bobby? They're not relatives. Because he immediately mentions, oh, his family didn't want him, like, you know, something, something. Is he, like, with the police or something? And well, yeah, but is he of, he, but not really, because he's just a he's doctor. He's like the most... He's the most super detective doctor of something, because if he's investigating, why isn't the body on the slab in the morgue? Yeah, you don't... <laughs> if there's something that's up with the body, like, all right, well, send it to the funeral home. Like, no, no, they're examined by the coroner. And we know him and Michelle work together. 
and then Tina's the sister. Were they just out? And he's like, hey, uh, I know, I know, I got off work at like five, but I really want to go check this this dude's viewing out. I have this suspicion. Do you think Dr. Gordon's been investigating vampirism up to this point? Because this is the first instance of a vampire attack. I'm led to believe that, well, we've seen it. Mama Walde was in Transylvania before this. Was it his first time waking and coming out of the coffin? Maybe. I think the movie wants to tell us that, but if you've made prequels where he came out before in Transylvania, that's fine. But they just got him to LA. Bobby and Billy were the first dudes bitten. And he's checking for this stuff. Like, he's been... Is this crossing universes with other vampire movies? Where's he have this suspicion? Clearly, when the guy at the funeral home says, oh, it was a, a rat bite. Like, oh, how, how deep are the the bites? Oh, like two to three inches. Like, okay, no. <laughs> Rats don't have teeth that big. So he yeah. knew something was up. Whether it was okay. necessarily vampires, he didn't... I don't know if he knew that. Tina and Michelle walk home. But they separate, and Tina walks the lonely street feeling that she is not alone and bumps into Mama Walde, who keeps calling her Luva, and she runs away from him and goes through an underground tunnel walkway to escape, but drops her purse, and in the process, Mama Walde picks it up, and he ends up getting hit by a cab, and the cab driver gets up and, like, chews him out. Cotton-dumbing man, you scared the hell out of me. Where did you come from? Are you all right? What the hell you run in front of my cab for? Can't you see, man? I lost her. Shit. You ain't hurt, man. But you lucky. Chasing tail could get you killed, you know. I lost her because of you. Imbecile. Imbecile? Who the hell you calling an imbecile? You're a nut that ran in front of my cab. You're the only imbecile on this street. But he ends up drinking her blood. He gives her the most stern look he gives anyone in the entire movie. He looks at her as if to say, like, I'm Blackula. No one speaks to Blackula in this such a manner. And she starts, like, backing down. She's, like, backing down, but still pushing and backing down. It's it's, it's Uh, funny. Also, Blackula, last time he was out of his coffin, as far as we know, was uh, 1780. Don't you think that maybe he'd respond to, what the hell was that that hit me? Well, I imagine he's been out. I, I feel like the Bobby funeral is a couple days after because, I mean, they found the bodies oh, yeah. but and then but a day or two. But still, they, so really, they, really should have had, they really should have had a scene where he was just like, where am I? <laughs> that he's acknowledging that there's been a significant passage of time. Like the way it is now, it was just like, oh, I, I'd like a midnight snack. Like, all right, I'm satisfied. Well, back to sleep. We see none of him figuring out what the hell's going on or where the hell he is. You know why? Because his coffin was like the the pod that Jor-El sent Kal-El out <laughs> to Earth in. So like while he's in there for yeah. all those years, he's like, I am Dracula. They're, they're a tasty people, <laughs> Mama Walde. You just have to drink them. But he was just doing that to screw mm-hmm. with Blackula because he wanted to put him in hell forever and just be always hungry. So the more information he would give about him, the more torturous it would be. Although I guess Dracula is dead because he's not in the rest of the movie. And no right. One, no one yeah, knows. Yeah, he died that. at some point, right? Yeah. May, or he, I guess. Otherwise, he'd still yeah. own the castle, wouldn't he? Or he, like, retired and sold his castle off or something. I don't know. <laughs> Dracula had a lethal weapon moment. Like, I'm getting too old for this shit. Tina comes back to her apartment, and as soon as she's there, there's a knock at her door, and she answers it with a knife, but it's Michelle. 
Uh, and she tells her about the encounter and how the guy got all her stuff. And then Mama Walde returns to his coffin. The next day, Dr. Gordon checks out the body of the cab driver. And he speaks briefly with Sam at the morgue. And then finds the bite marks on her body. And then laughs to himself in his thoughts. So we're like, oh yeah. He's probably like, ah, vampires. So he, <laughs> he talks to my uh, great uncle, Lieutenant Jack Peters, and um, about these murders. Who, point of interest, a black you fact, if you will, Gordon Pinsett, who plays the lieutenant, was also the voice of Babar. And for all you Canadians and Midwesterners out there, he was Hap Shaughnessy on the Red Green Show. Oh. If you spend the movie going out of your mind trying to figure out who he is, that's it. Lieutenant Jack Peters talking about the murders and looking for reports on the recent dead bodies, but they've apparently been lost. Gordon won't tell Lieutenant Jack his theory. Lieutenant Jack then thinks it might be panther activity, to which Gordon laughs. Like, yeah, no. Later, he calls the funeral home guy, saying that he, he needs to do an autopsy and that he'll have his men there after eight. Gordon's lab assistant who we find out is Michelle, tells Gordon about Tina getting chased, and he says, next year we move to the suburbs. And she's like, you said that last year. And then we go to a nightclub where we see like a full performance by the, the house band. It's not like this is a short movie. They didn't need padding. Gordon and Tina are there watching this performance, and Mama Walde shows up. Tina sees him, and he gives her her purse back, and they talk, and she asks him to join them. He introduces himself. They note that they saw him at Bobby's casket at the parlor and says he was there making his own arrangements. The parlor guys are looking around at this time. We cut to that because Bobby's not in the casket. Gordon gets a call at the bar from the parlor because they knew to call him at the bar. (laughs) I guess he has a drinking problem. (laughs) And we get another song. And then Gordon returns to the table to tell them Bobby's body has disappeared. Mama Walde says perhaps he wasn't dead. And then we get our good pal Skillet coming to hang at the table. And Mama Walde feels just like us and says, you know what? I'm out. I got to go. <laughs> well, yes, Skillet just walks up and just starts drinking their champagne. Doesn't ask. Yeah. He just cracks it open and starts drinking it. And I just wondered, do you know this guy? No one like, acknowledged him. He just immediately like, oh, look, champagne. Let's celebrate me being at your table. <laughs> and then Tina follows Mama Walde out and... Uh, Skillet goes, Say, man, that is one strange dude. Who is it? One strange dude. I got to check this cat out again, man. Did you see the rags he had on? <laughs> Bad key. I'd like to beat him out of that key. Let's <laughs> wish the doctor was like, get out of, get, leave my table. Stop calling yourself Skillet. Your name is Steven. <laughs> Steven Skillet. It's Skillet. <laughs> So Mama Walde is kissing Tina's hand goodbye. A woman takes their photo. And Skillet then hits on the woman who took the photo, but she rejects and heads immediately home to her dark room to develop the photos. Because she's like, oh, I'm going to get these photos of you guys before you leave tonight. So she leaves the club, drives home, goes to, like, this isn't uh, this isn't lucrative here. I mean, you, yeah. you take the Polaroid camera with you or not. It's not like they have like a place to develop the film inside the club. That would make some kind of sense. Instead, it's like, all right, well, I'll be back in an hour. In the dark room, she notices that Blackula doesn't appear in the photo. And as she leaves it, he pops out and attacks her. And it's a 
And we get a close-up of him while he's attacking her, crumpling the photo in his fist. So, Blackula clearly knows that, oh, I'm not going to appear in these pictures. So, he's immediately upset when he gets a picture taken of him, and he leaves. Okay, great, grand. How does Blackula know what cameras are? I told you, Dracula was like Jor-El inside <laughs> of that casket. It's like Lesson 894, Photography. In the late 1800s... Let me tell you about Diane Arbus. A cop pulls up to her house as she slowly stumbles out and falls onto the porch. And the cop goes to help, but she fangs out and bites him. Which, why was the cop going to the photographer at the bar's house? (laughs) Who's to say? This is the cop who was looking for the missing reports on Bobby and Billy's deaths. And he showed up the photographer's house the cops just seem to have esp there are multiple times in the movie where the cops just show up like who called you how were you Mm -hmm. alerted to the situation you're in the middle of nowhere now you're just here and sometimes when they go to places they take one cop with them or they take like 12 (laughs) yeah and it gets confusing Gordon visits Lieutenant Jack, and Jack is wondering where the cop we just saw bit is with those reports. Also, the stolen body has no evidence on the scene of the crime with Prince or whatnot. Gordon told him that there's a connection here. That's all I know. And then he asks for a little more time. Michelle brings Gordon a bunch of ghoul books in his office, and they talk and have a little kissy session, and he tells her to go home and change clothes He'll pick her up a little later as he begins to read the book, The Dead Ones. Just just knows he's a vampire, knows about vampires. He's got a suspicion. At Tina's apartment, Mama Walde stops by. He couldn't wait to see her before meeting at the club. He needed to see her alone and tries more to convince her that she is his wife of two centuries ago. He tells her the story of the prologue of this movie. And she argues, Count Dracula is a myth. He wasn't real. Oh, yes, he was real. As real as I am now. As real as you are. And my need for you. You are my Louvre recreated. What are you asking of me? I want you to rejoin me. can't. Well, you must come to me freely, with love, or not at all. I will not take you by force, and I will not return. I have lived again to lose you twice. Mama Walde? Stay with me. They hold each other and kiss as she undoes his cape very slowly. Yeah, she turns around on this real quick. Literally like a minute ago, she's like, "Uh, I don't think so. This is a little crazy. And then he leaves, and that's enough to get her to like him. I wonder if he's using that vampire power of charm. It's not established. They don't say that it is, but that's kind of a known thing. And the cab driver kind of has that towards him. Like she's almost fighting it. They really should have played that up more. If they would have done that, like he has some kind of hypnotic effect on people, cool, I'm in. He's a vampire. But they don't really establish that at all, so it just looks like she just well, no, decides they, they, to like him. And they wait till he decides to leave, 
until it's like, oh, now wait, is it? Yeah, so that's it's not, what he's doing. Like, why? Why wasn't it when they were on the couch together? Yeah, exactly. He's not close to her. He's not looking into her eyes. He's not touching her. He could be on the other side of town, and he should have the same effect. But I don't know. Maybe he pumped out some kind of pheromone out of his butt when he walked away, and the cape just kind of flopped it up into her nose. I don't know. But you But. <laughs> I'd say I would watch that movie, but I'd have to see a trailer before if I decide if I watch that movie. <laughs> so we go to a cemetery, and the hot date for Gordon and Michelle that he told her to go home and get dressed for is him digging up a grave of Billy. When they get down to it, he arises a vampire, and Gordon beats the hell out of him and stakes him as Michelle just screams for him. Not, And she's like, why didn't you tell me? And he said, you never would have believed me. And Gordon says that Bobby is a vampire too and could be anywhere. She says he needs to tell Lieutenant Jack, but he argues that they need to show him, not tell. And then he realizes that they need to check on the cab driver and he goes to a phone booth. 2018, the year of phone booths on Cult Cinema Cavalcade. We're doing it, folks. We are doing it. Not even trying. You're batting a thousand on phone booths this year. Congratulations. But We like them. <laughs> by the way, these are the least stealthy vampires ever. Anytime a vampire is revealed, except for, I think, like, Blackula the first time. Every other time, the vampires are just screaming like mental patients. Oh, yeah, they're they're nuts. Gordon calls Sam from the morgue, who has a hook hand? Did, did he have that in the previous scene? Did we sit, <laughs> like He's sitting there, I'm like, wait, what? They either didn't show it or they cut a scene out of this movie. I don't remember seeing the hook hand until he starts to dig into his scalp with it. Why does he have a hook hand? Yeah. Why? What's the point of it? Unless the actual- Nothing ever happens. Yeah, unless the actual actor has a hook hand, it doesn't- add anything it's just i don't believe he does i've seen him in other movies I, I, yeah i've seen him in movies after this and he had both hands but for some reason it's a coroner that's missing a hand oh. and he has a hook that doesn't like you'd think he'd fight a vampire and hook him like if a vampire were to jump up and like try to bite him like oh no it's a fake hand cool that's beneficial nothing a vampire attacks him. He's like, oh, yeah, and he takes his hook, and he jabs it in him, and nothing happens, and it's stuck, and then they pop it off, and the hook's just sitting there on the vampire, and then the vampire eats him, and he's like, oh, that that's what you do with the hook hand. Yeah, this is- In a vampire movie? This is Chekhov's hook hand. Yeah, came out of nowhere. So he asked him to take the cab driver out of the deep freeze and warm her up and lock the door to the room. And he pulls her out, and then the phone rings again there, and he goes to get it. Gordon shows up at Lieutenant Jack's house to drop off Michelle and leave her with his wife. Him and Jack are going to go check out the body. Back at the morgue, we see the cab woman is defrosting and now breathing. And then Sam is out in the hall and answers another phone call in the hallway. This is a hopping morgue. Three phone calls? How much activity is happening in the middle of the night at the morgue? But the only things that should be happening are horror movie things. Yeah, like, ring, ring. Yo, it's me. Um, We're going to check out that cab body. Get that out and thaw it out. Okay, ring, ring. Hi, uh, we, we're going to bring in a dead body, okay? Okay, okay. ring, ring. Hey, uh, there's another dead body. We're going to bring, like, it is Los Angeles, so. Yeah. Ring, ring, do you have any uh, polish for your hook hand? 
Would you like some? The cabbie rises up, and she comes out the door and charges at him, screaming and coming at the screen and attacks Sam. And this is a pretty wild, creepy... If there's something from this movie, play a clip. It's this woman ripping out of the room, coming at the camera. Yeah. Oh. Again, like a mental patient, I don't... Right. <laughs> these, these vampires have zero finesse. What is happening to me? <laughs> and they sound like Seinfeld, I guess. You, you know, oh, he, earlier in the, in the episode, we mentioned that, oh, he carried himself with dignity. He's the only vampire that carries himself with dignity. Because everyone is a screaming halfwit. Mama Walde and Tina have apparently finished the deed. I think. They're just like laying in bed and I can't remember if she doesn't have a shirt on or not, but it's not entirely clear what happened. He's leaving and she's not sure about going with him. And he said, there's still time. All the time belongs to us. And he leaves to beat the daylight and she tells him she loves him as he's leaving. He does have some kind of magical power. Like, Like when he leaves a room, it makes her swoon because earlier she was totally not into him he gets up to leave she wants him around he gets up to leave she loves him what (laughs) is there some kind of magic that his butt possesses i mean what's happening american international butula (laughs) dracula's ass brother (laughs) i don't think i'd want to see butula suck blood out of people that's just me that doesn't sound like fun Gordon and Jack arrive at the morgue, and they find the bloodied hallway and desk. Jack lifts up the cloth on a slab, and then the cab vampire jumps at him, but Gordon has a cross to which he gets her to fall down and pass out, and they discuss to keep in contact about it as Jack tells Gordon to go home and get some rest. Now, so this woman attacked and killed, we assume, Sam, the hook man, and then just said, all right, well, I think I'm going to lay back down and cover my whole body up with the slab. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was tired. Like, like, it might have been daytime because they do back her up against the wall and they kind of open the curtain, like the, the blinds a bit. Like, they don't just like fully open the window like, oh no, sunlight beams in. There's slightly brighter light outside than inside the room. And that's what gets her to kind of slump over and fall down. It's my thing I love. Lieutenant Jack tells Gordon to go home and get some rest. Cut to the nightclub. (laughs) (laughs) That he's at. Yeah, with Mama Waldi and Michelle and Tina, like, they're all at the table drinking. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go home and get some rest. Yeah, okay, I got to go do something. Back at the club. Gordon inquires Mama Walde if he's into the occult, and they discuss the existence of things like witches and vampires. And guess who shows up, Cullen? Tom Labrie. Skillet! Blackula asks Tina if they could leave, because he just does not like Skillet. Every time Skillet shows up, he's like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) I don't blame him. Skillet just seems like a mooch. Ran off me just like he did Nancy the other night. Anybody seen Nancy? I just don't get No. And she didn't bring my birthday pictures back either. I haven't seen her since the other night. Well, look here, brother. When you do see her, tell Nancy 
That big skillet has got something really groovy for her. Oh, Nancy must have been the photographer. Gordon then investigates her dark room. He, too, discovers Blackula's absence from the photo that we saw earlier, and he shows up to Tina's to confront Mama Waldy, but he gets away. And the police give chase as they see Mama Waldy running away from the building, and at an abandoned building, he takes some bullets and attacks an officer, escaping before Gordon and a cop get there. How did the police know that Blackula was doing anything? They didn't call anything in. It's just a black guy walking with a cape around yeah. the city, and immediately the cops start to chase him. Vampire profiling is what's going on. Clearly. There's clearly some profiling going on in this movie, because they are white cops chasing a black guy wearing a cape. Like, I don't think there's one black... Is there one black cop in this movie? I'm not sure, dude. I'd be surprised. If there is, like, one... Billy D. Williams, stay out of this town. You'll be in more danger than usual. Gordon and Jack go over everything at Tina's. Tina's distraught to find Mama Waldy kill the cop. And Gordon says the only thing that's certain is Mama Waldy has to return to his coffin before daylight. So we see some cops patrolling and we get this line. Hey, Danny, take a look at that fag. Yeah, I'm looking. Isn't that the one? Sure looks like the one. How can you tell? They all look alike. So, not all monsters wear capes, apparently. While we have Mama Walde, I feel like these two are more like descendants of Dracula than he is. (laughs) They're living with a different curse. (laughs) Jack gets a call about Bobby being spotted, and he and Gordon leave, and he gives Michelle a cross to keep with her. As they patrol, they wind up gathering back at the warehouse from the beginning of the movie. They find the place is full of vampires. During this, one of the cops is killed. In this this warehouse where apparently they box dust. Yes. Because there are full, large boxes, Uh sealed up, great. The cops get thrown into these boxes, entirely empty, but dust just flies everywhere. Right. So they must export... (laughs) Dust to different countries. That's um, a spinoff from Blackula. Another spinoff. Rare dust ports. That'll come after Butula. If you're a listener and you have an artistic talent, can we get a poster for Butula, please? <laughs> we ask for these things and our listeners never... Maybe we just don't appeal to the people who can draw. It's just, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's just a poster with a butt with fangs. That's all <laughs> it is, folks. And maybe like a woman screaming. It's about... <laughs> Imagine a Chuck Tingle uh, book cover, just less homoerotic. It could be a dude screaming. Maybe Butchilla needs a dude screaming. That's... Okay, fine. Why not? This cop gets attacked by a vampire during this. They only took one this time. This is one that, you know, we found the warehouse. Let's take one cop with us. Well, it's not even like they're um, running out of cops. They've, what, like maybe two, maybe three cops have died so far in this movie. Yeah. Gordon and Jack, they find lamps in these crates, and they start throwing them, to which they're catching fire. So? And and burning up the vampires. (laughs) Even the newly minted cop vampire, we just saw him bit, becomes already. He turns. He he gets fired. These kerosene lamps that they throw and immediately burst in the flames. Were these recalled? I mean, (laughs) the slightest bump to these lamps, and kaboom! Billy and Bobby got him a good price wholesale because it was like, well, these kind of like catch fire really bad. It could burn down your building. But 
You got a good deal on them. <laughs> if you ever need, so if you just ever need to uh, have a bunch of Molotov cocktails for some reason or another, good news, you got them. My favorite part in all this is when all the vampires are gone, but there's one left, and there's this tall stack of crates, and you can obviously see the guy running up a ramp from behind it, mm-hmm. and he jumps, he jumps down. Gordon and him getting this crazy ass fight that ends in Gordon full on almost belly flop jumping with a stake over to the guy to stab him with it. Mm-hmm. I was losing it. I thought, man, and it's like this dude is really into killing him some vampires. <laughs> He's getting all his practice in when he faces Blackula. So they enter another room in this warehouse that isn't fully on fire or even seeing smoke from the other room and they run into mama Walde, and he tells him that he ha ha i moved my coffin and that <laughs> tina's life tina's life means more to him than his own and then he transforms into a bat to leave for a rather urgent appointment elsewhere i would love and, it if like when he turned into a bat if food tent was like you know what i'm done i i just you're on your own <laughs> i can't do this i know i'm the police and you're a doctor but I, I'm giving you full authority on this one. That's not. I'm not. I'm not getting murdered by a vampire. They go back to the apartment uh, and they give Tina some shit about it, and that she needs to help them, but she says she can't. And people have gathered around outside for some reason. There's just a crowd. I don't understand. The cops are like, "Please move, leave." La la la. I'm like, "Why are these people gathered out here? Hey, uh, like, what's going on?" Yeah, they're all gathered around. A warehouse? But, yeah, I, uh, Mama Wally stands atop the building as police are trying to clear the streets, and Tina manages to exit the apartment without anyone noticing, and she takes to the streets. Lieutenant Jack says not to apprehend her, to just survey and look for the suspect. She is followed by the bat. And the cops spot Tina entering a building where she goes below, and they report the location to Gordon and Jack. Tina reunites with Blackula as they hear sirens outside, and a bunch of cops enter the building. Jack and Gordon and more cops arrive, and a cop finds Blackula in the tunnel and fires at him, hitting Tina, not Blackula. And Mama Waldy beats the cop to death? Don't know. Don't know. He- yeah. He tells her to forgive him as he begins to drink from her so she can be with him always. He lifts up to yell at Gordon that he will kill every man who has entered the building. It will be his tomb. Randomly, we see a cop getting electrocuted, and they all (laughs) start moving on their search. It just cuts this guy on fire, electrocuted, and then back. He's not even in the same room as anyone else in the movie. For all we know, he just tripped against a console and then just sparks started flying. Yeah, like, damn it, Pimpleman. <laughs> He's just the accident-prone cop. Blackie was running <laughs> around like, all right, well, can I take this win? I'm, I'm going to put that as a check in my column for people I murdered. I mean, it's on my clock. It's kind of on my territory. So, you know, I get the kill, right? They keep their search up, and Blackula stealthily begins taking out some of the cops, and then Jack and Gordon find a coffin. And they put a stake in the person in it, which is Tina. And Michelle freaks out about it as Tina screams to death. He's like, where the hell's Mama Walde? And he then shows himself. He asks them to move away from Tina and then tells her corpse. Tina. My lovely, lovely Tina. What is left for this cursed creature? His only reason for living has been taken away. So Mama Walde then walks out into the daylight willingly. He weakens, 
laying on the ground. When Gordon and Jack find him, he's begun melting, and there's maggots in his eye sockets and mouth. And then he turns to bone, and credits roll over the skull of Mama Walde. Were you surprised at how quickly this ended? I mean, there was kind of a final confrontation at the warehouse and then at this underground chemical plant. There was some fighting there, but there was no final grand battle between, like, our main character and Blackula. It's just, well, she's dead. All right, I'm out of here. And he doesn't, like, try to escape or anything like that. He just, he just gives up and dies. Like, okay, I, I can get behind that. But it was just literally 90 seconds between when yeah. Tina dies and when the movie ends. I wonder, because in 1780, you know, he goes to the eternal slumber and then wakes up in 1972. And there's Tina. And he's like, holy crap, that's the reincarnation of my wife. Right. Sweet. Well, then this one dies. And wouldn't you think, like, well, I'm going to go back to sleep again for a while, and hopefully she'll be reincarnated again? Or it's just like, nope, this is it. And hopefully I'll awaken in that town. Because keep in mind, folks, she died back in the 1700s, and now they're in 1972, I am assuming the Los Angeles area. Yeah, it is Los Angeles. Yeah, so thankfully... Her reincarnation happens to be where these two interior decorators brought his coffin. It's fate. He gives up pretty quickly from something he should realize, oh, no, we apparently reincarnate and I can find her again, Or, but no, he just gives up. Blackula, one of life's quitters. You know what? I've had it. Goodbye. <laughs> I'll do your work for you. Turns out Blackula was the hero and the villain. They never staked the cab driver one, right? They're just like, hey, she passed out from too much cross. She might have been at the warehouse, maybe? It's not entirely sure, because apparently Blackula did a lot of off-screen murdering, because there are a lot of vampires in this warehouse. There might be more vampires here than at the beginning of the movie in Dracula's castle, honestly. And Dracula had a lot well, of yeah, time to murder people. Like, I feel like the wives returned for the finale. Yeah, I was like, wait, is that them again? With all these new people that he's apparently been hanging around LA? Just I think most of the vampires at the end of the movie are black. I don't think they're white. So I don't think it's like the same brides from the beginning of the movie. But who knows? I mean, they had multiple coffins in the bottom of Dracula's castle. So it's very possible that <laughs> they were brought over as well. But only Blackula's coffin was opened until the end of the movie when Blackula finally did it. I don't know. How you doing tonight? Sit down and have a drink. Thank you very much. We love full of you. Hi, what do you have? Make it a bloody Mary. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just discussed. As we are a cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means you ducked out, had a sip of blood, and you know what? You're tired. You're going back to your coffin. Converted which means you're down with going to the club and hanging out with Skillet. He's all right, but that's just about enough. And drink of the Kool-Aid, which means, hey, Mama Walde, I'll be your Luva forever and ever. So, Cullen, how do you rate Blackula? I think this definitely is a lot better than some black exploitation movies. Some of them, they're just, they just really drag, and this one, I don't, I don't think it ever drags. There are... Some people will say plot holes. You know, I don't expect the writing in a movie called Placula to be watertight. So, whatever. It, it, it's fine. We, we get the point of what the hell the movie is supposed to be. I think people could do a lot worse than, than this movie. I, I definitely will 
rewatch this. I mean, I haven't, you know, watched it in God, probably over 10 years, but I don't feel like my time was wasted with it. I think it was competently made and it was fun. I don't know the next time I'll watch it, but I hope I don't have to wait 10 years before I feel like I'm in the mood for it. I say that I'm converted on Blackula. Brandon, how do you rate Blackula? Blackula's got a lot of good things going for it. I think William Marshall's a absolute treat playing the title role or Mama Walde. And I, it's more of a, you know, it's a horror movie, but it's like a horror drama is what they want to go for here. It's what seems to be some of the stronger stuff. There's a detective story that's, y- you know what they're doing, but it's a little hard to follow in exactly what they're trying to do here. And they kind of don't crisscross it just right with, with the drama going on with the sister. It's not very gory either and i kind of wanted to see more of that really weird vampires and and, and things like that they kind of only show up just to be immediately taken down or just a boo scare a lot of the times it's it's not bad it's kind of dry just kind of it's not a long movie but it does take its time a bit and i i went back i had uh I'd written about both uh the, the first one and the second one together a few years ago and apparently i enjoyed the second one more than I did this one. But I, I'm going to go on that, being the second one might be better. I'm going to go slightly stay with my family, just slightly. I think performance is enjoyable. They'll give it a watch once, but I'm thinking maybe the second one's the one, you, if you're going to watch a Black Hill movie, maybe the second one's the one to watch. It might be a little bit more goofily or silly entertaining. This one's fine. It's it's competent, things like that. But I ultimately, it's like there's just a little holding me back from fully wanting to go unconverted with it. So I'm just eking uh, stay with my family on it. Because since Dracula AD 1972 is the other Dracula movie released at that time, and that's one of my least favorite of Christopher Lee's, but I'm not sure if I, like at the time, I'm like, oh, Blackula's better than that. But I need to go back and check out that one because that one does have Carolyn Monroe. It's always fun stuff, uh, but to really make sure. But this one, this time around, I was just kind of like, eh, let's go with it. There's still things I do like, but ultimately I just, I wasn't fully with it. I didn't feel like I wasted my time. I just, I don't know when I would go back again. I might just skip to the second. Is it Dracula AD? That one or the Satanic Rites of Dracula that is just the most boring Dracula movie that's ever been made. I think it might actually be 1972. Yeah, I didn't care for 1972. It's got this house party scene, the 15 minutes of the movie, of like it feels like it, of just people hanging out while this really crappy, just generic 70s music's being played, and it's got a lot of 70s stuff to it. Like, Dracula says almost nothing the entire movie, correct? Or am I thinking... Or I, I can't remember. I know Satanic Rites like really silly because Dracula's got this biker gang <laughs> that he sends after people, <laughs> and and it's it's batshit crazy. Is mm-hmm. is why I, I don't mind Satanic Rites of Dracula. It's I mean it's not it's it's on the very low end of the spectrum. But if I had to choose between 80, 1972 and Satanic Rites of Dracula, I'd pick Satanic Rites of Dracula just because it's got some just bizarre, weird stuff, and it's a little more schlockily entertaining than 80, 1972. 80, 1972 has this cool ritual scene in it, and like I said, Carolyn Monroe, I will watch her in anything, but it just doesn't, I, I just was, that one just, I, I believe I rated it last when I, I did the Hammer retrospective on Nat Town Nerd like many moons ago. Yeah, th- that's that's gotta be the one, then. It's just gotta be the this boring and like the shots are just garbage and it's just but but i'll tell you what i think the the one that followed right after it in my ranking was satanic rites of dracula so (laughs) it's not a battle worth fighting i guess unless we do a versus somewhere down the line but fuck when's the last time we did a versus (laughs) i guess we're year one yeah i guess we're overdue 
Contractula was no legend. He was terribly real. Oh, I know. I've seen all of his movies. I'm a real fan. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be catching right back up with Mama Waldy in Scream, Blackula Scream from 1973. It also has Pam Greer. We're just going to complete this one while we're at it. How about that, Colin? Sounds good to me. Back to back, Blackula. I don't know. Who knows? So <laughs> Back to Blackula. Th- Thanks for streaming in and joining us. We hope you enjoy our little show. And don't forget, reach out to us with your comments, questions, and suggestions. We like hearing from you. You like talking to us, I hope. I don't know. Yeah. So and don't be afraid to rate the show. You can go on iTunes and do it. What are you waiting for? Just do it already. And we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Scream, Blackula, Scream, the trailer that actually trails. Who dares touch these rotting bones? Who dares call forth the most horrible specter of the damned? Now he's back. The Black Prince of Darkness, Blackula, recalled by the awesome powers of voodoo to stalk the earth in a new quest for blood. Dracula's soul brother. Seething with hate. Obsessed with vengeance. Craving young bodies. Lusting for hot blood to create new victims for the legions of the undead. I that gives you something of an edge over the rest. William Marshall, again, as the Lord of the Vampires, in a relentless search for Pam Grier, the exciting star of coffee. I need you! Now he is back. Ever more evil, ever more fearful than ever before. Scream, the bloodiest legend of our time. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Nothing more dignified than those waterbeds. Oh, they're good for your back, right? Yeah, Digni- dignified and from the 70s. <laughs> he could have sold William Marshall a damn waterbed. <laughs>
How great would it have been if <laughs> Blackula's coffin was actually a waterbed? The flotation device would have been good on his back. Many are worried about the safety of it, but your fangs will not sink through the comfortable material that lays on the waterbed, and if they do, you can buy the replacement for at a very low price at our LaBreeze Waterbed Home Stores. Are you a vampire that spends an eternity? <laughs> Is your back hurt from waiting for the blood of an innocent human being? Well, come on down to our showroom. We got some great waterbeds here for your back. We can spend an eternity and comfort and bring a smile to your life. You're watching Night Comfort, brought to you by LaBreeze Waterbeds. 